You lived it, we play it. Still 93.3 KIOA with Luke and Jeremy. Good morning. Good morning. Jeremy, I love me some instant karma. Oh. First of all, before we get to the story, has there ever been a reason when you've gone to a car wash mm. and it's one of the ones that have like people physically working there, they kind of give your car a little bit of a hose down at the very beginning? Yes. Have you ever felt a reason where you thought, I need to do something mean to this person? No, I can't say that I have. I, never mind, I don't even know these people at the car wash, but I would never do something mean to somebody that's working there that's doing something for me. Okay. I'm riled up about this. I can tell, and I'm trying to figure out why. Yes, it's usually some sort of high school kid that yeah. just isn't really paying attention and is just spraying down your car. Exactly. And that's, that's usually the way it goes. There's a girl named Anna. She's 18. She works at a car wash uh-huh. over in Indianapolis. And she had a customer come into the car wash, and just like she's probably done a million times, the car pulls in. She starts spraying the car to get kind of the little Klingons off the bottom of the car off. Yes. And the person who's driving the car rolls their window down, throws a drink on her. Uh-huh. And I'm just thinking, why? What What did she do other than start to clean your car that was so bad she deserved having a drink thrown on her? I don't, I don't know. But again, I love me some instant karma. <laughs> because what you should never do is when you're at a car wash, roll your window down and... And then wrong a person who's holding a sprayer yeah. in their hand that is actively spraying. Yeah. <laughs> because she did what I think a lot of us would have done. She just sprayed into the car. Well, and- yeah, that's your first instinct. Your first instinct is to go after whatever just came after you. Yeah. And you have that in your hand. If you got a sprayer, you might as well spray it. Yeah. So let's say it went in the car. <laughs> yeah. So she sprays this person inside of the car, and before they can really realize what's going on, they quickly try to roll up their windows. Yeah. I don't know why I just did the hand crank motion. That's, I don't um, know. I think it was a newer know. car than that. Probably. But then she just goes back to spraying the bottom of the car as it like glides into the car wash. By the way, the people who threw the drink on this girl got banned for life from the car wash, and the car wash sided with their worker. Well, yeah, of course. They have the whole thing on video. Yeah. No, nothing happened. It's not like the girl did something to the car. Yeah. She was just spraying what she needed to spray. I don't understand what goes through people's minds. Like, what is wrong with people? Some people suck. (laughs) And we'll just leave it at that. Fair enough. There you go. Be nice to the people who do things for you, like provide services, like car washes. Or how about just everybody? Yeah. I like that even better. There you go. It's Luke and Jeremy on 93.3 KIOA. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Jeremy, when was the last time you went to a movie? Uh, a couple weeks ago. What'd you see? My Fair Lady. Oh, that's right. You were checking out the re-release, like, what was it, the 60th anniversary? Yes, it was. All right. Now, do you have any qualms <laughs> whatsoever about... The movie theater and like germs, no. bacteria, anything no. like that? No. COVID didn't turn you into a germaphobe, like, or is it just me? I'm pretty sure that was just you. Okay. 
Well, they've been doing some tests to find out where the most bacteria is that you would find at the movie theaters. Okay. If you had to make a guess, where would you think it might be? Bathroom. Not as high as you would think. Oh, okay. The One of the biggest spots is the actual seat that you sit in. Okay. And I want to know, I, I want to like actually be able to talk to these people who did this study <sighs> and be like, Okay, does it matter what kind of a seat it is? Because some theaters have like cloth seats. There we go. This, this is just, where we're at today. This is just my curiosity. Mm-hmm. I like to ask questions. Oh, yes, we know. Is there a difference between cloth seats and that like faux leather that they have at a lot of theaters? I don't know. Just wondering. I'm not saying that like bacteria just sl- slides off of fake leather. And it embeds in, like, fabric. Crevasses. Yes. Yes. But either way, the seat, not even the most bacteria. Okay. You will find the most bacteria at a movie theater in the cup holder. Oh, all right. Interesting. And the thing is, like, that's where I always set my phone down. Oh, I never would do that. Really? No. Yeah, I always set my phone either in the cup holder or I will put it like upside down on top of the cup holder. Here's the thing. It's a movie. Put your phone in your pocket. You don't need it. I sh- I'm too much of a fidgeter during a movie and I'm going to end up bumping into my phone. Put it in your pocket. <laughs> if you put it on anything else, you're going to knock it off. And you don't need to see it. You don't have to physically be able to see your phone every second of every day. Where's your phone right now? Right there where you can see it. <laughs> it's not necessary. Where's your phone? In my pocket. All right. That's that's uncommon for you. <laughs> no, it's not. Your phone is usually out. No. No, it's not. I see you pick up your phone throughout the show. Yeah. Every once in a while when right. I need to look up something, you have it where you can readily see it. Even in a movie theater, you put it in a cup holder so that you can see it if it goes off. You were that guy. You were the guy in the movie theater. No, I'm not. And no wonder there's so many germs because the most germs are on your phone. You're putting it in the cup holder. The survey would also like for you to know <laughs> that even though the cup holder has the most bacteria, it's actually lower than your average kitchen sponge. So you don't need to be too concerned about it. I'm also not putting my cup in my cup holder than picking it up and licking the outside <laughs> of it. I mean, if you did, whatever you do, you. You're taking, putting your phone in and then putting your phone on your face. You're worse than all of us. Back to Luke and Jeremy on 93.3 KIOA. I do love me some Harry Potter. In fact, this weekend at the Des Moines Civic Center, the mm-hmm. Des Moines Symphony is going to be playing the score along with Harry Potter and the, I believe it's the Order of the Phoenix. It's the fifth movie in the series. Okay. And that's always a good time. If you've not seen the Des Moines Symphony play the Harry Potter music along with the films, it's a must go. I've, I've been to several of them and it's a lot of fun. Nice. But there are other places that are getting into the Harry Potter wizarding world spirit, including a place called Pet Alliance. It's down in my beloved Orlando, Florida. You love Orlando. I certainly do. And they have decided to try to find interesting and fun ways to get pets to their forever homes. Okay. And that includes putting pets into... The various Hogwarts houses. This is the best way to get Luke Matthews to get a dog. (laughs) I'm not going all the way to Orlando and getting a dog. Well, I mean, you could. You're going to Orlando for less. 
Mm, and you're already going to Orlando in March. Oh, look at that. It all works out. Yeah, but I'm not bringing a dog back. You could. We barely had enough room to bring back a lightsaber. I can't bring a dog. Do you think you put the dog in your luggage? <laughs> you can. What is wrong with you? Every time I fly, somebody's flying with an animal. Yeah. You can put on them. their lap. No, they're not. They're they're putting them down in the like cargo in kennels. area. If you have a big enough one, you can put it in a kennel. I don't expect you to get a big dog. I, I see you as a little dog kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> Fierce well, and, and loud. <laughs> Just like you. Little and loud and fierce. Coming soon to a Luke and Jeremy promo near you. <laughs> what she just said. <laughs> but what they've done is they've taken some of the dogs that they have at the pet rescue mm-hmm. and they have divided them into the various houses that you would find at Hogwarts. That being <sighs> Gryffindor, Ravenclaw, Hufflepuff, and Slytherin. Now That means nothing I, to me. <laughs> I cannot understand. You are a... a Pop culture loving woman in her 40s. How did Harry Potter completely pass you by? I wasn't in that world, I guess. Okay. I was making fun of Harry Potter when it came out. I wasn't Great. watching it. Great. I don't know. Well, for instance, a dog who takes to learning obedience or cues or quickly figures out a puzzle yeah. has the knowledge of a Ravenclaw. Okay. Ravenclaws are known to be very bright. Nice. A small dog who has the determination to climb the agility A-frame possesses the ambition of Slytherin House. That's you, right? No, God, no. Oh. I am not a Slytherin. Slytherins are the ones that usually ended up being the dark wizards. Again, that's not you. You're no. not. You're not. You're not some sort of weird, no. dark little overlord. No. <laughs> like, like I, the Chihuahua that would be in that house. I can be, ladies. <laughs> um, our our affectionate, that's happy good. to know you dogs embody the friendliness of a Hufflepuff. That's not you. I am friendly. But you're not a Hufflepuff. No, I'm not a Hufflepuff. See? I know. My wife is a Hufflepuff. That makes sense. Ben's a Ravenclaw because he's smarter than the two of us combined. So what are you? I am the final one. A dog who embraces change and new things has the bravery known to all Gryffindors. (laughs) That is not you! (laughs) That is not you at all. I'm brave. You are more of a Hufflepuff than you are whatever that thing is. I'm brave. Okay. I like I like new things. Actually, no, I lied. You're still the weird little dark overlord guy. <laughs> <laughs> Mornings with Luke and Jeremy on 93.3 KIOA. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. So spring training is underway. The first spring training games, I believe, begin on Thursday for Major League Baseball. Very excited for the beginning of the baseball season and college baseball is already underway but there is already been some drama in college baseball and that is all thanks to the team out in Sacramento the Sacramento State Hornets and one player in particular Matt Massiangelo he recently had a double header game against Loyola Marymount and this guy is probably got the worst luck of any baseball player I've ever seen. He was hit by a pitch, not once, not twice, but seven times over the course of a doubleheader. All by the same pitcher? No, different pitchers. 
And then the very next game, first at bat, he gets hit again. Okay. He has been hit in eight of his first nine plate appearances. Here's the sounds of a few of those. And he just got hit again. That's the fourth time he's been hit today. And he just got hit again. You really can't make these stories up. How was your debut as a Hornet? I got hit by a pitch five times. Did he just get hit again? He did. The first pitch just got hit again. That's an RBI. So congratulations on your first RBI as a Hornet, but he just got hit again. And that hit him. Massey Angelo got hit again. So now that is now eight times in nine at bat. <laughs> I mean. Is he like stepping in front of the ball? No, I watched all of these at bats. He is simply standing in the batter's box. He's not a weird shaped player. A weird shaped like he doesn't player. Have a, he doesn't have like a giant gut sticking out over the plate, which would be very easy to hit if you were trying to pitch. He doesn't have an enlarged left shoulder blade? No. Okay, well that's he, good. He is just your prototypical looking baseball player. Who gets hit. And he got hit. Every pitch. <laughs> All the time. What He's, in the world? And the fun, the great thing is, is that he didn't get upset. Like at no point has he gone out and like charged the mound and just finally gotten upset with it. He He's basically laughing about it. He's like, what are you going to do? I'm getting hit. But at the very least, I'm getting on base. Could you imagine the bruises on that poor guy? (laughs) And they've got to be all roughly in the same area. Because if I remember, I'm trying to remember, I think he's a left-handed batter. Yeah, he's a left-handed batter. So he's got him like all up and down his right side. Man. I I mean, there's a lot of things to be known for. Mm Mm-hmm. Being known as the guy who gets hit by pitches is probably not the best. <laughs> There's only been one player that has ever been hit as many as five times in a doubleheader, according to Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And it happened for a guy who played, I believe he played for the Chicago Cubs, and it happened back in 1904. 1904. Like the most that someone has ever been hit in a Major League game, there's several players who have been hit three times in one game. This guy got hit four times in one game. And then in a total of a doubleheader, he got hit seven times. Wow. How bad is your luck? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's no explanation for it. Because it's all different pitchers. It's not like he's moving. He just is the guy that gets hit. I feel like we need to keep a a score count of how many times this guy gets hit this year. I feel like we need to start making bets. (laughs) I'm all for it. And now, more fun with Luke and Jeremy on 93.3 KIOA. Jeremy, I have a mystery to try to solve. Oh, no. So picture this. I'm in my basement a couple of days ago. Surrounded by Kelly Clarkson Shrine. Got it. It's in my no. head. Picturing it now. And it goes to the left. I was sitting on my couch. I'm writing in a notebook. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm using one of my fancy... Pilot G2 pens that I really like. In my head, you have a Lisa Frank notebook <laughs> and a gel pen. <laughs> it's a regular Mead college ruled notebook. It's a glitter pen. It's anyway. got a fluffy thing on the end of it. From what I can remember, yes. I set my pen down next to me on the couch. Oh, terrible idea. Yeah. Terrible idea. And then the next thing I know, two days ago, I come into the office, just real quick, just wanted to drop something off, Mm -hmm. and as I'm coming in, the pen that I was using Mm -hmm. on the couch Mm -hmm. is on my desk. Okay. I don't know 
how the pen got from my couch in my basement to my desk because I don't recall putting it away. I don't recall putting it in a bag or a pocket. But all I know is that the same pen that I was writing on that I did at one point look for because I couldn't find it. I was looking through the couch cushions, figured I'd lost it, was kind of mad at myself because I love those gel pens. I told you it was a gel <laughs> pen. <laughs> Just glittery. Not important. It was a glittery gel pen. It was a black ink pen. Mm-hmm. Right, sure it was. I don't know how I found it on my desk at work over the weekend, but okay, there it was. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I missed something here. It went from your couch at home like several to days ago. your desk at work. Yes. Okay. No idea how it got from point A to point B. It's, I'm I, going to assume that you must have picked it up at some point. But that was the thing. I, because like I said, I put it down next to me. Yeah. And then I was searching around for it. Yeah. Couldn't find it. Right. We got that. You lost it. Yes. Never found it. No, because Until it, David Copperfield itself <laughs> to my desk downtown. You've clearly blacked it out of your mind. Obviously. It wasn't important. But it was because those pens are those pens are expensive. Anyway, it just it <laughs> weirded me out. It weirded me out. I didn't know how how it happened. Yeah, I, I I cannot explain it to you other than you must have picked it up and brought it. But the fact that you thought you had lost it forever and then it's showing up is pretty funny. Five one five two four 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 ninety three three. We want to know the weirdest place you found something you thought you lost. <laughs> Did it magically appear twenty miles away from where you found it? <laughs> It could have. It, it could have. have. You never know. 515-244-4933. We want to know if you have a fun story about losing something <sighs> and then finding it in a weird place. Mine's not nearly as exciting as yours. <laughs> I'm sure it's not. It's Luke and Jeremy on 93.3 KIOA. I was telling my story about how a few days ago I was doing some writing down in my basement. I was sitting mm-hmm. on the couch and my pen just disappeared. Mm. Next thing I knew, several days later, it shows up on my desk at work downtown, 20 miles away. Weird. Still have no idea how it happened. But it got us thinking about the weird places that you found something that you thought you lost. Yeah. 515-244-4933. We'll start in Waukee and talk to April. Um, my stepdad was changing the battery in the TV remote and took the back off. Sat very still, went and got the battery, sat down in the chair, and somewhere between taking out old and putting in new, the back got lost. (laughs) And we've had a rubber band with cardboard around the bottom of the remote for years. The chair got moved to a rental house while their house got built, shifted around, moved, disconnected, all kinds of things. Um, In their new house, it just, my mom moved it to vacuum one day and it popped out. That's hilarious. Wow. And it was like a good eight years. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You had, like, changed the batteries, like, dozens of times since then? Yes. Oh, my absolutely. gosh. Absolutely. And it, it was just apparently, like, right on a lip in the chair, so much so that all the moving around that it had done previously never fell out. That's hilarious. That's even better than my dumb pen story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking your dumb pen, you had more than one because it's so awesome. Uh, it uh, could very true. well be. You could have more than one. I didn't it think about be. that. And I agree with the gel pens. I have two lefties in my house, and you got to have a a smooth Mm. gel pen. Thanks for the story, April. Let's go to Johnston and talk to Nicole. Where's the weirdest place you found something you thought you lost? 
Okay, so it's been a while ago. My best friend's girl was turning probably six or seven, um, and I was wrapping her birthday present, and for the life of me, I couldn't find my scissors at the end of it. Come to find out, I had actually wrapped them in her present. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, so she opened up the present, and everybody was like, um, why are there scissors in here? They weren't the kid's scissors either. They were, like, pretty sharp ones. And everybody was like, oh, and I was like, that's where they went. And to this day, I have not let that story down. That's awesome. I love that you <laughs> wrapped them in with the gift. <laughs> uh, yep. Yep. Totally bad. <laughs> Thanks so much for the call, uh, Nicole. We appreciate it. You had a story about how you lost something? You know, I'm I'm going to claim that I didn't lose it, and I'm probably going to get yelled at for this. Aaron lost the remote for the TV in our bedroom. Mm-hmm. We have a Roku, so it just has like a little remote. Yeah. Could not find it. Could not find it for days. I was looking for this thing. One morning I get up and I go to the cabinets to make like a bowl of cereal. There's the remote. <laughs> In the cabinet with the dishes. <laughs> Apparently, he had been sleepwalking and decided that he needed some food, and that's where the remote ended up, like behind the bowls. So I lose it. Aaron did. But we found it. Back to Luke and Jeremy on 93.3 KIOA. Last night was the postponed Daytona 500. Yes, it was. And I know that Jeremy is a big racing fan. Love me some NASCAR. I know you were looking forward to watching that on Sunday. You had mm-hmm. to watch it yesterday. At least you were mostly done with work by then, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Well, if you remember, on Valentine's Day, Jeremy and I each exchanged gifts, and one of the things that she gave for me and my family was this little pan for baking brownies. In fact, it was like a little cast iron heart-shaped skillet. Yes, and you bake a couple of brownies in it, and you enjoy. And technically, it was for Susan, so I'm glad that she shared with you. Well, yes. But either way, <laughs> we made the brownies last I night. You brownies. <laughs> we made... Okay, fine. They weren't for me. <laughs> Susan made the brownies last night. Yes. And I was all excited. I took a picture of mm-hmm. the finished product because she had been working on this for over a day. Because it comes with a little cast iron skillet, and you have to prep that cast iron. You have oh. to season it. She had it in the oven on Sunday for like six hours. Like, she prepped this thing. I didn't realize it was going to be that much work, Susan. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not saying it was bad. It's just I mean, she, she had been working on them, and we were, she was happy they were done. Oh, and as, yeah. Apparently, as, it was a two-day process to make a brownie. You have to properly season the skillet. I'm not getting into it. Anyway, if I keep going, he will explain no, the no, I won't. thing to us. No, I won't. Watch. And <laughs> <laughs> it was just the watch. So anyway, just wait. I'll she get finishes this. them up. I take a picture, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to send this to Jeremy to show her that we made we Susan made the brownies that you got for her after she seasoned the skillet properly. Yes. How do you do that exactly? I'm not telling you. You can figure it out yourself, <laughs> you jerk. Anyway. I I'll, we also had the race on at home. <laughs> this is a long walk, and I'm thinking yes, to myself, Luke, <laughs> I can't, I can't send Jeremy the picture because we're in the last like 20 laps of this race. Yeah, this is stock car racing Super Bowl. It is, it is, it is the Super Bowl of NASCAR. And I was thinking to myself, I'm not about to interrupt Jeremy watching 
the last 20 laps of this race, which was getting exciting. Yeah, it was. With a dumb picture of some brownies. I will save it until after the race is over because I don't want to interrupt her flow. Don't interrupt me. So I tell her <laughs> this this, I tell her this this morning and she's like, "You could have sent it to me." Yeah, because in all honesty, I would have looked at it and been like, "I don't know what he's talking about." And just kept going. <laughs> like I wouldn't I probably wouldn't have even picked up my phone. I probably would just would have been like, "Oh, okay, cool. I'll get to that later." And then I probably wouldn't have said anything to you until this morning. Yeah. If That's at all. what would have happened. I was trying to be a considerate friend and not interrupt the race. Is there a situation in a sporting event, like if I texted you during a Sox game, would that irritate you? Would you be upset? If I were at the game, maybe, but not if I'm at home watching. So there's a difference. If I was at the Daytona 500 and you sent me that text message, I probably would have had the exact same reaction of... (laughs) I'll get to that later. It's not the most important thing in my life. I cannot tell you how many times I look at my phone and there's a text from Luke Matthews and I go, meh. <laughs> Mornings with Luke and Jeremy on 93.3 KIOA. I feel like I ask this question nearly every day, mm-hmm. but what is the matter with people? Yeah, you've asked that a few times already this morning. Just, <laughs> just when I think that people can't surprise me more Mm. life in general just says hold my beer well yeah that's your problem (laughs) there was a guy down in texas who was arrested and charged because he was caught on video at an antique store now he walked into the antique store he's wearing a kilt Mm. which okay you're gonna stand out a little bit especially i'm assuming in texas yeah a little bit But it was what he did with the easy access of a kilt in the antique store that's what got him in trouble. He's caught on video taking items (sighs) off of the shelves. I know where this is going and I don't like it. He then goes around, kind of hides behind a display. You see him do a little bit of like a horsey kick in the air. A horsey kick. So he lifts one leg up high. Mm Mm-hmm. The item vanishes from his hands. Okay. And then reappears as he comes out with his hands from underneath his kilt. He then proceeds to put the item back on the shelf. Mm. He does this multiple times Mm -hmm. at this antique store. Mm -hmm. Apparently, he was a regular at the antique shop. Mm. This is... uh, they caught him on security camera? Caught him on security camera. First off, <laughs> you should just assume that you are being videoed everywhere you go. Yeah. Yeah. So that should hopefully deter you from doing things such as this. Mm-hmm. Do we know exactly where said items were going? We got a pretty good idea. Okay. Pretty good idea. Hmm. Uh, this is the wow. antique gallery manager talking about 
what the cameras saw him doing. Remember when I was disgusted? That night, uh, one of the dealers sent me a video that she had from a camera in her own booth. I think they've been in here before. The employees recognized them and said they were just, you know, the guy was really nice and she was nice and um, they just shopped around for a few hours. What did they do with those products? They threw them away mostly. Yeah. I would, I would hope, hope so. Yeah. Don't try to, I don't, even, don't wash them. Don't try to resell them. Absolutely not. Oh, but they were nice. <laughs> they were in there for a few hours. Yeah. How many things did that man touch? I, even if he didn't put them under said kilt, he still touched them. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, no. No. No, I'm not normally a germaphobe, but that I don't want to ever touch anything in a thrift store ever again. <laughs> but he, uh, would, but he's nice. Okay. <laughs> and now more fun with Luke and Jeremy on 93.3 KIOA. Luke, do you think you should get paid to do chores at home? No. I mean, we expect our kids to do chores and we pay them for that. Right. But you do that because you're trying to teach them the value of money. Hmm. And the value of work. Well, apparently Americans value their daily chores, and we have a number. Most Americans say that the value of their daily chores is $134 a day. That is what they are willing to pay somebody to do all of the cooking, cleaning, and errands. That is if they could afford that. Mm -hmm. That's what they would pay, $134 a day. That doesn't seem like a lot, though. It doesn't. It does not seem like that much. But if you figure it all out, it ends up being almost $2,000 every two-week pay period. And you would work seven days a week because chores don't stop on the weekends. Obviously, yeah. So you're looking at making almost $50,000 a year oh. as the person that would do somebody else's chores. And chores are not fun. No. I don't like doing chores, so I don't do them. But they're called chores. I don't like doing them at all. And... It made me think, like, okay, would I pay that amount of money if I could? You betcha. <laughs> I would pay whatever I could afford if somebody would come in and do all of my cooking and cleaning. I don't want to pay somebody to do everything because there are some things that I do that I actually enjoy. Like? Mowing the lawn. Okay. Yes, I get hot and sweaty and gross, and I'm really tired afterwards, but I actually enjoy it. It's sort of my my time to sit there and just think about random stuff. So what is something that you would pay for? I would absolutely pay for somebody to wait in the school pickup line. I'll still come and pick up my kid, but I'm tired of having to go to the school pickup line 20 minutes early before school lets out. Just to make certain that I get a parking spot. Because if you show up five minutes before school lets out or, or even sooner, then you don't get a spot. I mean, I guess I don't understand quite how school pickups work. The school by my house, there's just a long line of cars and they just drive. Like, do you have to have an actual parking spot at your school? I mean, it depends on the school and how they're laid out and how their like parking situations are. But yours is what Our, I'm asking Ours about. is actually laid out pretty well. I mean, it's yeah. got a long pickup lane where there's lots of parking spots and lots of curb spots but the school lets out and there's hundreds of kids mm -hmm. and dozens and dozens of parents who are picking up those kids those spots come at a premium if you don't get there on time there are some parents who get 
because the curb spots are the the real you know high dollar spots. Yeah, there are parents I've seen get there forty minutes before, wow. and I and I know some parents probably use that as their quiet time, or you know <laughs> they get to return emails or texts or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm not. I I don't like sitting there and just waiting. I'll have, I'll pay somebody to come park in a spot. I'll roll up, say you're free to go. They pull out, and then I pull into the spot. One minute later, Ben comes out of the school. So how much would you pay per day? Oh, a couple bucks a day. A couple bucks a day. Ten bucks a week. Let's say that. Ten bucks a week. So 40 bucks a month. All they're doing is just sitting in a parking spot for 15, 20 minutes. So 20 minutes a day for a week. 24 minutes. So 100 minutes. So an yeah. hour and 40 minutes of their day, they're only going to get paid $10 that week. Or 140 minutes of their week, they're only going to get paid $10. Mm, that's kind of like that's like almost as bad as minimum wage. Yeah, that's worse than minimum wage. But actually, but also let me just say, yeah, that's for that's like next to no work. You're literally just coming and parking in a parking spot, sitting in a car. They got to drive. Leave. They got to drive to and from. So that requires gas money. Then you're taking their time. So that also requires payment. You got to pay more. You got to pony up more than two bucks, my friend. You're looking at at least ten bucks a day. At ten least, bucks a day. At least ten bucks a day. A day. They can't even buy a gallon of gas for what you're paying them per day. And if they live further than a block away from the school, it's going to take at least a gallon of gas. Well, first of all, I don't know what car you're driving, but second of all, that ten bucks a day is outrageous. you and your big fancy Ford Exploder or whatever you've got. <laughs> Exploder. Just leave it alone. <laughs> It takes more gas. My Honda takes more gas than that. Uh, if you need at least a gallon, okay, a gallon a week, but still, that's like four dollars right there. It just—you are a cheapskate, really, is what I'm coming down to. This the whole thing is you are a cheapskate, and I would never want to work for you because you would pay terrible. You constructed this entire conversation just to get to the end, so you could insult me about something random. Maybe. 